This is an Island to Island production. I'm Ollie Walker, and welcome to Ironcast, the show that brings you discussions with craftsmen, celebrities, denim heads, members of the internal and extended Ironheart family, and, well, sometimes people we just plain like. In episode four, we're talking to Ironheart customer, forum member, and all-round good guy, Adam Pfaff. We talk about Heidi Slimane, real estate, beer budgets, and ask the eternal question, can you own an alpaca-lined jacket living in Florida? This is an Island to Island production. You're listening to Ironcast. Enjoy. So Adam Faf, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good. So in the UK, it's um yeah, things are pretty bleak here. It's 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 we're still in lockdown. We're still <laughs> Um, not really able to see anyone or, or do much, um, but we're keeping our sanity. How about you guys? We're in a little bit of a different scenario over here. Uh, I am in Florida, the northwestern part, so right along the Alabama-Florida line. Uh, and man, it's—I don't want to say it's business as usual, but you know, Florida was one of the first states in the U.S. to kind of shut down, and it did a lot of protection, oh, yeah. especially in our area, where um, we're a low, low local population, high visitor. And when we shut down, you know, all out-of-state visitation for uh, about six weeks, right at the beginning of the outbreak, it, it really did kind of keep spikes low. So our really high-populated areas, kind of to the west and to the east of our space. You know, definitely um, COVID and the pandemic has affected them a lot more. But for us over here in Santa Rosa Beach and Dustin area, it's been pretty nice, actually. Um, oh, and I, I hate to even say those words, but it's, um, you know, uh, it's it's just different. It's a little bit different. You know, we traveled to Texas for Christmas and it was, you know, really tight, really shut down, um, which is, you know, that's that's just the way that way that they were. That's the way that their government reacted to it. So, um but you know, and, and what's your line of workouts? Yeah, so I am in uh, real estate marketing. So I run a marketing team for a luxury real estate company down here. We sell primarily uh, vacation type properties, so beach homes, beach condos. Um, obviously, within the past nine, ten months, a lot of people are moving out of your your main metropolitan hubs like uh, New York and California, and they're moving to Florida. And whereas people always thought of Florida as Miami, Orlando, maybe Fort Lauderdale, they're starting to realize that we exist and our cost of living is still not as expensive as it is down in South Florida. So we are seeing a boom, especially from like Southeastern regional feeder markets like Atlanta, Birmingham, Nashville, things like that. So there's been, so in terms of business, you've not noticed much of a, of a, of a drop. No, so we so our we are a very seasonal market economy wise. So uh, spring and summer are when the majority of our businesses make most of their money. Uh, last spring was really at the onset of the pandemic, and we shut down completely. All restaurants were closed except for takeout orders. All bars were closed for two or three months, and the you know the ban on uh, short term rentals meant that there wasn't people. Uh, coming in to travel. Uh, If you owned a home, you could come down here and stay in it. But if you were just wanting to rent something for less than one month, the sheriff's office would literally knock on your door and ask you to leave. Um, So, you know, spring was really, really hard. It was really hard for locals, uh, especially a lot of our economy is driven in the service industry. So restaurants, uh, retail shops, uh, bars, uh, breweries, things like that. So the spring was definitely hard in 2020. And then the summer when they reopened everything and the businesses had kind of figured out how to do things safely uh, since we are um, not 365 days of summer like in South Florida, but, you know, probably 200 days of summer throughout the year. Uh, We were really easy to transition all of our dining to outdoors. And it, you know, it was a really easy transition since almost everything was set up to be indoor outdoor anyways. So we were able to um, really kind of assimilate to the capacity regulations change and we ended up having a record-breaking um, summer in terms of the economic impact that uh, vacationers to the area had and we really didn't see much of a like catastrophic spike 
um, in cases uh, from locals. So that was good. Locals had kind of figured out how to keep ourselves safe, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So it was good uh, business-wise for us. Uh, we had a goal and we ended up exceeding our sales goal by 62% last year. So, um, you know, it's always, it's always fun when you're able to do that. But, you know, if you asked us in the real estate business in April, what we thought the year was going to look like, we would have said, oh gosh, I have absolutely no clue. And I just hope it doesn't tank. And, um, you know, the, in the U S you know, um, and I'm sure overseas it was similar, but you know, mortgage rates dropped so low that, you know, if people had the means or, or had the ability to borrow money and, and purchase something, uh, they were doing it. They were doing um, it. They were taking advantage of those. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we saw um, the record for highest sale uh, beachfront property be broken, I think, four times in like a 90 day span, which is crazy. Serious? So, um, you know, and it's all from big cities. So, Nashville, California, and someone moved their family of seven kids down here to live on a Goldfront homes. So, <laughs> it's always always interesting. And how do you feel about the um, how, how are things going to affect business with the new um, president? Definitely in our market, since we're an investment market, you know things possibly can change. You know, obviously the discussion of like ten thirty one exchanges does kind of mean that I think people are trying to spend money now because um, they don't know what's going to happen in the next you know six to twelve months. Yeah. But you know, I think um, just with the way that the economy is moving right now. The way that Florida is trending as a whole, I think people are really hopeful. I think people are really optimistic. People want to be here. Um, you know, people that have kind of felt very confined due to just the high dense metropolitan areas that they're in, they can come here, and there's just a lot more space. We don't we don't have that many people here. Um, it's uh, there's like a level of kind of personal freedom that people can enjoy, but in a safe way. I guess that's like the the best way to say wow. it. Um, you know, we also don't have just a huge uh, space of like multifamily housing. So like not a ton of apartment complexes where people are, you know, sharing elevators or, you know, crossing paths in the lobby. There's just a lot more of like, you know, safe spaces that people can have. So I think people feel comfortable here too. So, so tell me, Ads, I have to talk to you now because of the nature of the podcast. I have to ask you, when was your first dalliance with Denim, my man? Yeah, so I um, I first started getting into denim back in 2004. Um, yeah, so 2004, I was coming, I actually remember exactly what like spawned it. I was coming back from a uh, Christmas trip visiting my grandparents in Indianapolis. And I got an issue of GQ magazine. And it was the first time I saw an ad for um, kind of the revitalized Dior Ohm, which was spearheaded by Hedy Slaman at the time. And he had he had just kind of changed the way that male fashion was being viewed. Everything was like, um, you know, Dolce Gabbana and like kind of all this like, um, there was a little bit of flamboyancy in the designs, but it was still like ultra masculine. So it was like, you know, loose jeans or bootcut jeans and, you know, tight shirts. And Hedy Slaman kind of like flipped the script and he, he really essentially, in my mind, kind of created what like street style still is today, which was the slim stovepipe style jeans, oversized utility style shirts, mixing it with, um, you know, jean jackets or denim jackets and blazers and things like this. And he was doing it with high top sneakers, you know, and Chelsea boots. And it was for me, it was like, man, this is cool. And then all the musicians that I, you know, really liked, like at the time I was really into like the Libertines and the Rakes and all this kind of stuff. And they all wore his stuff and like even, you know, Pete, Do Pete Doherty was, you know, friends with Hedy Slaman. So like he would always be wearing his stuff. So uh, that kind of got me into it. And I remember saving up. There was only one place that you could buy Dior jeans in the U.S. at the time. And I don't even think they're around anymore. But I remember like saving up. I think it was like $260 for a pair and ended up buying them. And they arrived and they were too big. So like they were raw, they were raw denim. Um, I had gone through like, well, they had, I'd gone through this whole like long process of getting them and I was like, I'm not returning these. So like sacrilege, I know, but the first thing I did, I was like, I'm gonna shrink these things. <laughs> so I just, the first thing I did was I threw them in the wash on hot and man, I rocked them forever. And then in 2006, I was actually able to go 
and stopped in the, the Dior store in, in um, New York when I went there after my high school graduation and uh, was then able to grab like a pair of like legit made in Japan, their 19 centimeter uh, jeans. And I wore those forever. And um, then just kind of dabbled back and forth um, and then got into like nudies, which I think was a gateway for a lot of people. We had a Barney's that opened up and they sold nudies. So you're able to get those and naked and famous. Um, and then just stumbled upon the, um, the My Nudies Forum, which was back in the day, it was, it was run by the guys from Cultism. For people who don't know, what's Cultism? Cultism was an online retailer. Um, and what made them so unique was they were selling all the European brands minus VAT. Oh, so you could buy, you could buy stuff in the U.S. for like pennies on the dollar. I don't I don't know how they did it, but you know you could buy nudies and they were like a hundred dollars cheaper than if you bought them in the U.S. No brainer. Yeah, for sure. And so and they had a huge selection. And so since they kind of were running the My Nudies forum, um, you know it was just a it was the first time that I had kind of like found a group that would chat openly. And man, I was a lurker for a long time. I didn't post <laughs> any photos. You know, I was like, I have my jeans, but you know, I live at the time I was in Alabama. So it was like, you know, like polo shirts with my jeans and cowboy boots. And that wasn't the look of everyone in like Germany. So <laughs> slowly, but surely I added like some red wings and, you know, got it some flannels and things like that and rocked that. And um, it just kind of blossomed from there, transitioned into like, I think I bought my first pair of warehouse in 2009. Okay. Um, so that was my first like experience with Loom State denim. Um, and then in 2011, got my first pair of Ironhearts. So 2011? Yep, 2011, a pair of, uh, uh, they were eight 301s from, from Self Edge. So super black, 301, slim fit. They were completely the wrong size. I had no idea how Sanferai's Taraki had made oh, the yeah. 21 ounce denim. So I got them. They were huge. Once again, it was like, let me try to boil these things. Um, I think I ended up selling them to a Buffalo exchange in New Orleans. Um, and then funny enough, those jeans actually popped up on the forum about three years ago. No. S someone in New Orleans was, or someone had said like, hey, I just bought these jeans. Can anyone identify them? And I realized they were like the size I had sold. Um, so I asked, you know, hey, where'd you get those? And they're like a seller out of New Orleans. And I was like, no, no kidding. Way. I was like, no kidding. Small world. <laughs> so you tell me you bought them back, right? No, I did not. No, you let them, no. you let them carry on with their life. I let, the, yeah, yeah. I am, um, I'm like a firm believer in, I don't hold on to like material stuff. The second it doesn't bring me joy, I pass it on to someone that can. So, that's so um, nice. you know, so that's like, um, and I think that's why the Ironheart Forum has been so great just because, you know, Giles and Alex and everyone allows us to have really that free flow buying and selling section. And so just like trading with people and being able to kind of let something go when it's at the life, at the end of it's what I call it's like happiness cycle for you. So t just tell me what's the 8301 then? What fit was that? Because I'm not, I'm not completely aware of the the kind of early fits I, I always like the kind of the folklore of, of when the um when some of this stuff came out but uh the story was so the 301 cut was uh, ex is exclusive to self-edge and they still do a few cuts in the 301 and um i believe the story was haraki uh kia and giles were in japan and haraki had said um hey i just created the slim fit you know do you want to sell it and giles was like you know, heck no, I don't want to sell a slim fit jean. Like we sell three, six, fours and four, six, one boot cuts. And, you know, he was working on the first iteration of the six, six, six at the time. He was like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sell this. Plus it had like a low rise. Oh. Um, it, ta it tapered below the knee. So it was like, you know, after you wore it for three months, they kind of got baggy in the thighs and still kind of were tapered. So, I mean, the fit, the fit was really good. I think if you were like really small, or for me, I'm a big guy, like they worked for me as well. So um, I've, I still love 301s. They're not like the ideal cut for my body since they're low cut, but I think the nostalgic part, since that was the first pair of jeans that I bought from Ironheart or yeah. that were Ironheart, they've kind of always had a place in my heart for that reason. Oh, serious? So, so yeah. So, so Kia, I think has been selling those since 2000, at least 2008, 2009. Wow. Um, there was a couple guys on Super Future, um, and Ironheart was always like the brand when I was in college because I graduated in 2010. 
So Ironheart was always a brand that I wanted, but couldn't afford. Like at the time, the yen exchange rate was so high. I think flannels were like $400. Like most of the jeans were like 450 at the time, you know, USD. So yeah. that definitely wasn't happening on like my, um, my like college ad sales budget. You know? <laughs> or at least it wasn't taken away from the beer budget. That was, that was probably more like, more like it. Which was, yeah, priority, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I remember that sure. like, 2011, if I'm not mistaken, we were like, we were laughing when it came to buying stuff in the States. Cause I think we are, it was like $2 to the pound around then. Yeah. So 2011, I think is when things started. Um, it was still, the exchange rate was still really high because I remember buying in 2011, I bought um, some flathead gear from like DC4. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh man, you know, my, it was really cheap when I was shopping it. And then when I like bought it and everything exchanged, I was like, oh, I didn't plan on that. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's um, a little different, a little different than now. You know, I feel the world's maybe leveled out a little bit more now, but you know, definitely. So there was definitely the changed. 8301. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and how did that go? How did that, how did those genes develop and how did your relationship with Ironheart then develop beyond that? Yeah. Yeah. So Ironheart, so those genes, they did not get as much, they were super black, so they didn't fade. Ah. And, um, I, I held on to them for long as I could. And then, then finally I was like, okay, I'm just, I replaced them with some flatheads and kind of made that, made that my thing for a little while. Yep. I was transitioning and working really in an office setting um, around that same time, um, my, my now wife um, and I, I got involved in a, a fitness entrepreneurial kind of endeavor where okay. we, um, we owned and, and helped manage a, a CrossFit gym over in Alabama. Oh, wow. and so I just, I wasn't wearing jeans like a ton, right? So, mm -hmm. so it wasn't really a super huge priority at the time. And then, our, then in 2013 was my first order from Giles um, at Ironheart UK. And that was when I like, remember really like thinking okay if i get hit with these huge vat taxes again like i'm gonna make it worth my while right <laughs> so i remember like researching for months and ended up with some uh over 21 ounce beetle busters wow. uh the uh ih sh 07 which was the hickory stripe western shirt and then also the super black writer's jacket and i bought nice. it a size too small so I couldn't wear the two pieces together because <laughs> the shirt under the jacket didn't fit. But right, once right. again, I don't think I've never, I don't think I've ever returned anything to Giles. It's oh, really? more like if it doesn't work, I just, I make it work for as long as I can. Oh, yeah, so I, I did that. So I have a buddy and buddy in St. Louis now owns that jacket and is rocking it. Um, every once in a while I get to see him post some photos. So that's always fun. No way. So tell me, when did you stumble across the Ironheart Forum? Yeah, so really uh, in 2011 when I started kind of um, uh, being able, I was out of college, I had like my first professional job, so I was able to kind of not buy a lot of stuff, but I was able to buy one or two items throughout the year. Um, you know, I was was going back to the Minuties forum in order to figure out what, you know, kind of what was happening because you still had to search for stuff. There was really only two or three retailers. You had um, one group of guys up in Milwaukee, um, you had Self Edge, and then um, you had Ironheart UK, and you had uh, Christoph and Mr. Freedom in LA. If mm -hmm. you wanted, like, you know, something straight from them, and at the time, um, you still kind of had to go to forums to figure out all of the little brands, uh, especially like how they fit, how they shrink, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Minuties was kind of phasing out. I was tinkering on Super Future again a little bit, and it really wasn't. Uh, like the space I remember from a few years prior, like all the all the guys that I felt like I got along with, well, had transitioned over to the Ironheart forum. So I wasn't posting, um, but that's where I'd go to like figure out what people were 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 buying, um, figuring out new fabrics, um, getting kind of like fit inspirations. Um, and I still go back to some of the for some of the like what are you wearing boards from like 2010, 2011, and kind of see. Um, all those things that kind of inspired me to attach to the brand. That's kind of how it all started. I think I, I finally registered on the forum in 2013 um, and started posting, posting my Beetle Buster photos. So what, remind me, what are the Beetle Busters? The Beetle Busters were essentially a 634 that had a little higher rise, a little trimmer seat, a slimmer thigh, 
and then they remained um, kind of straight, slightly tapered um, from the thigh to the hem. So they were just like a tailored version of the 634 right. with a little higher waist. So uh, they were a little undersized, so most people sized up on them. So there was a lot of different ways that people were wearing them at the time. Um, there was uh, a user uh, named Beetle. She was from Germany, and she kind of helped inspire that design. She was really heavily involved in Super Future. She was back in the Minuti days. She was on there as well. And then obviously transitioned over into the Ironheart Forum. And it was pretty active for, for a few years until I think life just took over. These pieces that we buy, they've got such... And I mean, I know earlier you said you don't like to keep things beyond their kind of point of, of giving you joy. But is there anything in your wardrobe or anything in your in your in your in your collection that you just couldn't sell. Oh yeah, yeah. And almost entirely it's items that were given to me by friends. I have um, one of my friends that I've you know been able to make throughout the forum lives in Austin. Um, my brother and I came down there for an event to actually meet up with Giles and Paula at a racing event. You know, and he had, he's, he's like a hardcore collector. And, you know, he buys stuff like on Yahoo auctions. Like I would never feel comfortable buying that stuff, but he does. And so he's like, you know, like the, the source, you know, for a lot of stuff, especially straight from Japan, especially some of this stuff that's like um, previous to Ironheart UK, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had these pair of um, Iron, it's the longest label name ever, <laughs> Ironheart by Self Edge by Leather Soul by Alden. 13s and they're a 23 ounce uh, uh 23 ounce sanferized they were essentially a 666 cut in the thigh 634 at the hem mm-hmm. so kind of like a little wider a little wider yeah um a wider hem but they were really slim in the thighs and then they had like this very low rise uh but they were all tonal stitching um and had this like really crazy purple hue to them and oh, wow. um and my friend gave them to me, um, and I I can never get rid of them. They're Serious. just they're the coolest. Yeah, they're like they're the coolest. They look they look good. They're not the greatest fit on me. I'm like I said, I'm a big dude. The low rises aren't awesome, but you know I wear them whenever I can. Um, and yeah, I can never sell those. So yeah. um, and then on top of that, <laughs> the item that has will never fit me again was on that trip to. Um, to New York in 2006 at the Dior store, I ended up buying like a t-shirt yeah. that was from one of the like Pete Doherty or Daughtry, however you pronounce his last name, I can't remember, um, series. And it's like a size small. Um, I was like 148 pounds when Bet- I was uh, 18 years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like 80 pounds ago. So it's hanging in my, it's hanging in my childhood closet in my parents' house. So whenever I go there like twice a year, I pull it out. I'm like, man. Back in the day, so yeah, before you, know, you got jacked from like doing that. CrossFit, right? Yeah, 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 jacked, jacked, yeah. Before I had that that beer budget. So, I I, I spoke to Giles briefly this week, and uh, we had a very fleeting conversation about you. And he says, "Oh, ask Adam about the uh, the influence he's had on a, on something that we've just uh, we've just made recently." There's <laughs> apparently a pair of bottoms that you've um, oh yeah, inspired, yeah yeah right can you tell yeah, us about that sure. yep yep yeah of course yeah Giles <laughs> reminds me probably monthly um that that he's the only one in ownership of them but yeah so we um so there's a pair of pants that were made god I don't know uh 2016 mm-hmm. um sp- spring summer 2016 it might have been a 2015 release but I remember getting them in 2016 it was the the IH712 Chino and it was done. Uh, Haraki had done a run of charcoal and uh, OD green herringbone. And herringbone, like within the forum world, is like always this like mystical unicorn. It, it comes out like a couple times, you know, within like a year, and then it goes away for like five years. And in those like five years, interest just like rises and rises and rises. And so they did a bunch of different um, a bunch of different uh, items in the herringbone fabrics. And one was a pair of pants, and it was it was the first time I had seen, because um, I love I love Ironheart denim and I love denim, but I really I also find like a lot of joy in the the work pants. Mm-hmm. But once you get into like the larger sizes, um, you know the hems are pretty big, they're pretty baggy, and this was like the first time that they had come out with the utility style pant that was like real trim and. 
I would wear them to the office. You could dress it up. It looked awesome. And it had like a cinch back. So like I had never seen that from Ironheart before. And man, I just loved these pants. Um, and then, you know, the CrossFit life took over and my thighs got a little too big for them. <laughs> actually, I actually was able to send them off um, to a, a fellow weightlifter in California. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. So another, I, for whatever reason, I remember where these things go, but um, they're like my favorite. They were like my favorite pants and I always loved them and they never redid them. And so, you know, I had um, kind of started when I moved to Florida, I was having to wear a lot of like suits and, um, you know, much more dressy attire because I'm meeting with clients and things like that. And I was always looking for ways to like mix and match my work wear uh, with like my office wear. And it kind of hit me. I was like, man, I remember those pants. They were so versatile. And so I was like, hey, what if we did them? What if we did those pants again? Um, and I can't remember what fabric I, I had mentioned us doing. I think maybe I suggested doing it in like the the, uh, the 13, which is the, the 10 ounce chambray material. And it was like, I don't think we could do a pant out of those, but let me get them made in 14 ounce. And so Jal's got a pair made and yeah, he's been thrashing them. Yeah. They look awesome. So, so we actually had a very cool. brief conversation today and he's still wearing them. He said they've got a, cin a cinch on them. Yeah, cinch back. I don't know why. I'm like a sucker for those weird little like old school details. Like the cinch backs I always thought was cool. Like I remember wearing the 712s to I think a baby shower. And um, someone came up to me and was like, what's that thing on the back of your pants? Um, you know, and uh, I just remember, well, everyone's pants had these back in the, you know, 20s and 40s. <laughs> And then they're like, okay, whatever, you know, so, but all those little, all those little things matter to me. You know, my grandfather was like a farmer, um, farmer and rancher. So I always kind of look back and say like, if one of my grandfathers would have thought these were cool, like it's cool in my book. Um, so I always, I always figured that was the case. It, it, it does seem that there's quite a lot of back and forth on that forum. Some interesting ideas are thrown around and I was in the office with the boys recently and I... I kind of suggested this idea that, uh, you know, a lot of us guys who appreciate the brand, who kind of wear it, and maybe it's a bit extreme to say religiously, but who who love it and want to wear it all the time. There's one thing that I would like in the in the lineup, and that is a a kind of a working suit because you've got your wabash, you've got your you know you yeah. know you got your wet, your waistcoat and your and your working trousers or your carpenter pants or your logger pants. But the one thing that I would like in the lineup, and I don't think Haraki will make it, but you never know, is a suit like a working or a suit or a city jacket with some kind of city pants. I mean, maybe in like a navy blue or a kind of olive green or something. I mean, is that something you would be interested in? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think the idea of um, almost like and the closest thing that that we would be able to have they were released in different seasons but you know they did they do the navy blue chino pants and then they did a navy blue chino like chore chore jacket mm -hmm. you know all you would have to do is you could make a chore jacket that could you know have lapels that folded back and you could essentially get that unstructured blazer look and exactly. you know it's pretty cool some other manufacturers have toyed with the idea i haven't bought any of them mm -hmm. um but you know i think it's definitely something that I, I would grab because I wear the vests all the time. Like I rock the Wabash vests to work mm -hmm. and you can wear it, you know, I wear it with like with short sleeve chambrays, you know, in the summertime and it's perfect for a hundred degree weather. Yeah. So, yep. But I think uh, like a city, a city suit would be a, a cool idea, all unstructured, something that would fade and, and, and warp and, and Evo over time would be really awesome. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I was thinking for me anyway, because I ride a motorbike well it's the it's the uk and it's still basically winter so i don't ride a motorbike at all right now but <laughs> i quite like the idea of something in like that you know did you get the type three in the peak cotton i don't know what else they really made in peak cotton but they did a, a kind of a peak cotton type three and i thought that material it may be like an olive or a navy blue make some oh, pants yeah. to go with it just something you can get on the bike and go out to dinner or come from work and out to dinner you know it's that sort of thing that you can wear all day every day you know kind of a uniform kind of thing oh yeah i think that's great and the pk material is so cool because um the history behind it back in the you know 60s and 70s with levi's really 
really taking it and running with it and it being very like Steve McQueen used to mm-hmm. rock the white PK um, yeah. um, Levi's so I think that that's it's an awesome idea I would definitely definitely buy one of those yeah me too man I want I want matching top and bottoms I want it to be a full on <laughs> uniform you know <laughs> yeah um, for sure <laughs> So, dude, so, so take me up to present day now. So, what are your your favorite pieces? What do you? I mean, because actually, actually, let me just back up a second. Florida, mm-hmm. it is so humid, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're so you're limited in in a lot of your heavy yep. ounce <laughs> heavyweight gear, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And and it's it's definitely changed over the years. So when um, and it's it's crazy to think how drastically different my wardrobe needs to be utility wise from when we were in Alabama and it was it's only 93 miles away but simply coming east and a little bit south 93 miles changes our environment completely and the fact we we live on on an island essentially because you have to you have to take a bridge in you have to take bridges out there's no like direct roadway in so we're surrounded by water i have the bay uh less than 200 yards from my house um and then we have we have the gulf like um i think probably half a mile the other direction so essentially no matter which way the wind's coming it's always bringing moist you know air bringing moisture and humidity into the into the equation so my uh my ultra heavy flannel collection is not what it was a few years ago um but you know right now i'm I'm wearing one of the the light i think this is a six ounce unbrushed flannel yeah, six ounce unbrushed flannel with just you know forum t-shirt and some uh, fourteen ounce seven seven sevens right now, and it's it's perfect. And I can wear this pretty much all year round. Um, I wouldn't wear it to like you know chase after my kids at the park in July, but you know uh, that's that's what the short sleeve chambray's in the vest, um, ah. you know, and the chino pants are for. So, and do you, know. you venture? Do you venture? I mean. I guess Wesco for you is kind of standard, but because over here they're kind of uh, they're quite quite exotic. But footwear wise, mm-hmm. what what are you what are you rocking right now? Yeah, man, I I grew up in Texas, and so I have I've always had a affinity for Western style boots. So mm-hmm. um, I I definitely rock my cowboy boots, but it's mainly five out of ten days I am wearing Wescos. So either oh, um pair yeah, either a pair of Mr. Lou's or some of the early bootery designs um that Giles, you know, uh, coined or just customs that I've done through um, you know, Alex or uh Chesson uh at Ironheart UK. So it's it's always fun. I'm rocking a pair of custom Wescos right now. Oh seriously so. can can we get well can mm-hmm. I get a look and I'll explain it to the listeners what you're uh, what you are what you are they are they are they take offable? I'll take mine off as well. Oh yeah. We yeah, can yeah. compare yeah, Wescos. These are mine. easy. These are yeah. easy. So I actually designed these to be a, a southern boot. Ah actually oh, the same. Oh sick. Dude you're literally you're wearing the same boots. Okay. So I don't know the name of these. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yours are you'll you'll know more than me, but you've got the sick yep. is that the Vibram sole? Yeah. So I actually had they had to these took forever to make because Wesco doesn't sell this sole. So, yes. um, right, you have to so, get this somewhere, right? How do you, I spoke yeah, to yeah, Chris so, about this the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So they carry uh, Wesco sells the Raptor Malt sole, which is they've kind of um, taken and like that's their signature Christie style sole. This yeah. is the Vibram 2060. So I was introduced to this sole when I got my first pair of Red Wings resold by a local like work boot um, work boot uh, cobbler in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So I went and the original Red Wing Christie's had um, worn down and I took them and I was like, hey, can you resole these? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, do you have wedge soles? They're like, yep. And I got them back and I was like, what is that sole? It is so big. It has a heel on it. It's like, you know, what is this thing? And I mean, I think I probably wore them for four days and I was like, oh my goodness, these are the most comfortable soles I have ever stood on. And so every time I would ever get a pair of boots resold, I would go back to that guy and I'd be like, Put the fat wedge soles on them. That's what I want. They're like, okay. And I might have been the only person to, to ask for them, but I just fell in love with these soles. So um, I loved the the Morrisons, the shorty Morrisons that you're wearing. This is what I've got. And, um, yep. And I've had multiple double midsole boots, and they're, they, too, they're just they're too hot for our area. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm not walking through snow. I'm not work, walking through sleet. And yeah. so I, um, you know, and 
I got little kids. I'm like bending over all the time. So I was like, okay. So I want that boot, but I want it in a way that's like, I didn't have any black boots other than a pair of um, old Vibergs that were built from a group buy from the Ironheart UK forum. Oh, um, so other than those, I didn't have any black boots. So I was like, okay, I want to do the Shorty Morrison, but I want to do a couple tweaks. I don't didn't want it to have side flaps because I want it to be a little bit more more trim around like uh, my my work my work chinos. Yeah. Uh, so I just I got rid of the side side flaps. I put a like a Boss pull on the back. Yeah, nice. And it has motor motor patrol toe, so it's a little bit a little bit sleeker. And then the Vibram. Uh, 2060 sand wedge can we get and a photo all... of those um yeah so of we course can put it up in the description yeah of course yep awesome because yeah, they're really nice so you'll have to you'll have to custom order those and basically provide the sole yourself i'm guessing right <laughs> yeah chris warren at wesco is actually he was able to find it oh, um was? yeah so he was able to grab it but it was it was an upgrade but in my in my mind it was well worth it so and it did take yeah. a few few weeks in order for them to special order the soles and get them in and then start on the boot things like that i think dr soul do a similar um sole as well kind of chunky mm -hmm. with that nice kind of heel i think you can get that but yeah. i don't know where they're at in terms of their production right now yeah who knows who knows, who knows? and who knows? same with same with vibram's kind of you know vibram does um worldly construction so certain products are made in certain spaces around the u.s so i don't know if these are an import sole or if they're a domestic product sole um but yeah they're they're great they wear well and since they have a little heel on them like they're not just totally flat i feel like i can stand a lot which yeah. is good because i'm always standing so so what's your go-to now so you every day you're going to be wearing a 777 most days i rotate my my bottoms more than probably more than most people and the reason being is i i get all, all my, none of my shirts fit the same like so if i have like a shorter tighter shirt i'm going to be pulling out like some 888s or nice. um, even like some uh, 633s which are essentially a tapered version of the 634 that key at self edge um kind of had had asked for um and you know if it is a longer shirt or maybe i'm layering something i'm gonna you know what i don't need to tuck it in i'm gonna definitely be wearing like 777s mm -hmm. or i've been wearing my um ignition jeans a ton and those have become like my oh serious like every day every day like to the office because they've got kind of a look, stretch yeah so they got they have their 19 ounce um they are i believe polyurethane uh weaved in them so they do have inherent stretch in them and so and they have this awesome like kind of purpley blue tone so they look really smart um dressed up i can rock them with like you know a vest or um, a blazer and no one would think twice and since they're based on the 555 cut they're they're not like tight but they are trim so they look good with like you know oxfords or brogue for my work shoes they look awesome with like wesco engineers um and look cool with like even chuck taylor so i can like Wear them to work and then come home, just throw on Chucks or Birkenstocks and be happy with them. So, what's the general consensus on um, ignition right now? Because I, I buy all the waffles because they're because mm -hmm. I ride a bike, I prefer things just a little bit shorter. I, I yep. my personal preference is the ignition waffles over the Ironheart uh, yeah. Henleys. Um, what's the general consensus now on, on Ironheart? How, how, how's everyone feeling about it? You know, I think uh, Ignition was such a, a specific product designed for Ken's factory with him and Hiraki um, that it really appeals like to people exactly like you, like the functionality of those products, because um, they are more simplistic. The functionality is what I think draws people to them. I think they're also a, the perfect gateway product into Ironheart, um, simply because you know, the price point is a little bit less than some of the standard Ironheart items. Maybe because, you know, the weights are a little bit differently, the fabrics are a little bit different. Um, you know, the utility is feels to be more on the forefront as opposed to like, um, you know, really making sure that it has like all crazy bells and whistles that like people on the forum, you know, might ask for some of the higher priced Ironheart stuff. Um, so to me, you know, Ignition is that perfect gateway for a lot of people. And I, I think that more people should give it, give it a shot. But you know, new brand name is always hard, um, always hard to pitch. But I know the guys over in California at Snake Oil Provisions, you know, they sell some of the Ignition stuff. I think they do well with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what they keep coming out with that. 
There's a story about the 888. When the 888 came out, I tried them on at Rivet and Hyde in London, and I thought, this is my jean, because the 666 was what I was wearing prior to that. But it was always, for me, I'm, I've got kind of, my thighs are slightly on the, on the, on the bigger, bigger side, because I did CrossFit for a little bit, but Olympic lifting and, and a few other things. Yeah. And the 888 came out and I thought, this is my fit, it's perfect. Room in the thigh, a little high-waisted, taper, looks fantastic with boots, with trainers. And we were at the, um, it was the, right, it's not the 10th, it was the anniversary, and I always forget the actual number of the anniversary here. Um, but it was one anniversary party in Gosport, and I turned up and I was having a chat with Giles, and I was like, oh man, Giles, those 888s, man, they're, they're fantastic, they fit me perfectly. He said, yeah, yeah, I actually, uh, I designed them with a, with a member of the forum. Uh, they're actually meant for, uh, for uh, <laughs> I sh- he, might, he might shit me for saying this, they're actually meant for, uh, for, for kind of fat people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right, and that's my favorite jean, and I have three pairs of them. <clears throat> um, so, what other fits do you have, Giles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know the 888 was definitely um, when 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 uh, Gavin had kind of come up with um, had kind of come up with with that with uh, Giles, I believe, over a Christmas holiday. Is that what it was? Is Gavin a forum member? Mm-hmm, yeah, and um, I believe that um, the conception forum happened over a couple bottles of wine during Christmas holiday at, at Giles' living room at the time, I believe. And um, yeah, so when he had them made, you know, it was like, it really appealed to a lot of people because, you know, the biggest issue for, you know, a lot of us guys, because I'm, I'm 6'2", I'm like 225. And so, you know, I can't even get a 666 to fit over my thighs unless oh, I like size, size up like two sizes. And by then the hem is super big yeah. and I, I don't have like a size 14 foot so like the, my boots are engulfed all that kind of stuff so whereas they they look awesome you know we all kind of wanted a jean that was like okay what if we made it you know it's still like really trim in the in the thighs or and, and it's not baggy in the thighs but like they're trim has that trim top block you know but it tapers nice so it really like looks good on all sizes and i think man they they hit it out of the park with that 888 and the yeah. first time i put them on Amazing. i i actually i got the the privilege to uh, take the first tour leg, I think back in 2018, mm-hmm. 2018, I think, of mm-hmm. those um, those tour jeans. So, or 2017, yeah, it's 2017. So back in fall of 2017, we actually sent those samples uh, that uh, Gavin and Giles had made and, and sent them around the world. And so I, I was like the first person in the U.S. that got to wear them, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, they, they fit awesome. And it took, actually took me a while to like grab a pair. Um, but yeah, I've had a couple pair now and love them all. So, so what else is your go-to nowadays? Yeah. So the ignition jeans are, are definitely like probably my three to four days a week. I'm, I'm wearing those. Um, also wear the division road, uh, collab cargoes a lot. Um, I always liked the cargo jeans, uh, or cargo pants. And similarly, you know, I've had a couple pairs that I've bought secondhand and the hem was always really big for me. And this cut that they did with Division Road was just perfect. And I think the forum, you know, definitely said the same thing because I think they sold out at Division Road quickly. I think they sold out at Ironheart UK quickly. Um, and man, they were just awesome. So that's kind of been something new for me. I, I hadn't worn a pair of cargo pants since, I don't know, I was like 11. Um, you know, so <laughs> it, it was really cool. So that, that was fun. So I, I rock those a lot. And then. Um, I also also wear uh, my nine three hundred ones a decent amount, and that's a super black fades to gray version of the three hundred one from Self Edge. So I've had those for a couple of years, and they've gotten to the point where they're kind of soft now, and you know a little bit faded, so they don't just like stand up on their own, but so they look they look good. So Adam, you're a family man. Mm-hmm. Yep. How did how did your wife feel about the uh, the passion? At first, when she started, when I first started getting like really hardcore into the forum in 2015. Um, like really like um, trading with people, really trying to expand what I was getting. You know, I don't think she really, she didn't really get it. But then, you know, over a little bit of time, she was like, okay, this is cool. Um, you know, she liked what I was getting, you know, she appreciated the look, it was different, you know, but um, yeah, it just kind of became a thing. My brother is, um, into Ironheart and Japanese uh, clothing a lot too. So then it kind of became like, 
it's he and I's thing. Nice. Um, you know, and then kind of the forum came full circle when we were able to go to Austin and like meet Giles and Paula and hang out with them. Um, so, and I think like she, she was able to like put it all together and kind of be like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is like a global thing, you know, you actually feel, cause I was, I, um, I'm like a retailer at heart. Like I love retail. That's like where my number one passion is. Um, and so like as close as I can get within that space, like the more that I feel fulfilled, I guess. And so, um, Ironheart has allowed people to get really close, you know, to the, to the retail experience. Um, so I think that that's special. So for sure. Um, there's something about the brand. I, 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 I was, um, Something happened. I was really into Mr. Freedom for a, for a, for a while, mm-hmm. and something happened. I shaved my head, and I had this weird moment where I shaved my head, and I was like, "Mr. Freedom, I can't wear it anymore. I look like a fucking idiot. Like it was just something that felt completely wrong." And that was the exact moment that I gravitated towards Ironheart because it felt modest, it felt subtle, it felt kind of classic, timeless. It felt mm-hmm. there were no. It wasn't conceited. What are your feelings around the brand itself? I have similar, similar thoughts. Like, so, so if you look at like any of my posts on the forum, chances are I'm either in all Ironheart or a mixture of Mr. Freedom and Ironheart. So oh, no way. No way. I, that, that same, that same like passion that I felt, um, you know, early on towards maybe some of those other brands, you know, Mr. Freedom was one of those other ones that like I tried was always, um, I can never really obtain like in my like early days. And so as I've grown older, I've, you know, I've, I've definitely collected my items there and, you know, I love the team over there. Um, but very similarly, um, for me, Ironheart is that company that, um, it is, it's like, it's the building blocks because like you said, they have like the louder pieces, but you can build everything and it can be as basic as one of their heavy white tees and a pair of you know overdyed jeans and some wescos and you're like i feel awesome and then you can layer on the, the shirts and then you can layer on the jackets and then you have the hats and the beanies and to me it's just you don't really have to piece things together so like um i do feel like with my mr freedom stuff i have to style it you know a lot more sure. um you know Tuck probably like what you <laughs> Yeah, like what, what you said. Yep, like what you said. Like, um, uh, definitely has more of that like costumey feel, you know, in yeah. a way. Mm. And so for me with Ironheart, it's just like, man, it's a no brainer. Like, I can just throw it on. Um, you know, I'll even rock like just the in the summer. I'll wear like the lightweight flannel over t shirt with shorts, you know, and and it works. So for me, it's the versatility. Um, it's the honesty behind the product, the transparency behind the, the company and the brand, um, and the community that, that Jaws has put together. So, you know, it's one of those things for me, it's just the complete package in terms of, you know, supporting people that deserve to be supported, um, you know, really longing for products that are well-made, ethically driven, and, you know, have, being able to like have a voice in the creation of some of those items is always, always special too. Adam, you're um, a pretty important member of this forum, um, whether you realize it or not. Um, the very reason that you and I are talking is because you mentioned to Giles, to Alex, that, hey, guys, you should do a podcast. Um, that idea got circulated and processed. And you know that Alex and Giles, these guys, they, if they think something's a good idea, they'll go after it, you know? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So you came up with this idea. Now, you are episode, I mean, this is episode four of um, Ironcast. How does it kind of feel for you knowing that you have a quite a strong influence in this brand? For me, that's, that's, that's what it's been all about. That's what, um, you know, essentially the last 10 years of, of being passionate about, about a brand and, you know, even, even past the brand, the people behind the brand. Um, you know, is, is something that hasn't waned at all. So for me, being able to share ideas that I think are going to um, build up or, you know, take a company or a brand that I admire, that I, um, you know, really respect uh, is always something that I'm going to try to share. So, um, you know, I, I work in, like I mentioned, I work in the, the marketing world. So for us, you know, we see a lot of things that, that work well. Um, for me, you know, podcasts have become the secondary uh, 
place for information to be transferred, you know, people that are at home more, people even if you're in your car traveling, you know, people have transitioned away from, you know, live radio, they're listening to podcasts. So for me, this was like, hey, this is perfect. This is exactly what I think people my age and with similar hobbies are going to want to listen to. Is there anyone on the, on the, on the uh, forum that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the forum for me is I'm like a, a city, like I long to be in the city, but I can never live there. Like I just I, I, I like I moved back to Dallas for like 10 months um, after college and I like got back to the water as quickly as I could. So for me, like the forum is my look into like the world outside of, you know, my environment. And that's really what I enjoy most. Uh, you know, guys like Ruben that are, are showing off what it's like in Norway. I mean, that's, you know, that's crazy. Like um, Ruben and, and um, you know, Pierre out there. Uh, and then even, you know, seeing all this stuff in the UK that like Giles and Alex post is always fun. Um, you know, and then the guys stateside as well, like, um, you know, Adam up in, uh, Pennsylvania, you know, he's doing cool stuff as well. Um, so it's just, it's a, it's a cool collective. And obviously, um, you know, my friend that, that gave me those awesome pair of the Alden jeans, Clint down in Austin, you know, he's, he's definitely been, uh, someone who's, we've built a relationship just from he and I were the same sizes. We started swapping clothes and then it kind of became this thing where, you know, we went down and like visited him and, you know, got to hang out for times and man, we've just, you know, became friends even outside of the forum so uh it all kind of starts there with the community and then you know can can um either enhance or you know grow other places as well which which it definitely has so are you on any socials are you on instagram and uh, all that kind of stuff yeah i am i i would say that that i don't post on um on social media a ton right now it's (laughs) you're right now if you follow me you'd just see me um, pretty much tearing out bathrooms in my house. We're, we're doing. Um, when we moved here two years ago. We, we bought what I call like um, uh, like the worst house in the best neighborhood. You know, like the whole like uh, Chip and best, Joanna Gaines like the strategy, tagline. Man. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> so so I apologize for any banging, but the the guys are going to be actually painting our house this week, and so they're like you know getting it prepped today. But yeah, nice. So, but yeah, I am. I'm on. Um, I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook. It is at Fafmania is my Instagram. Funny, funny little nickname from a friend in college that I used to play golf with. He would. I had. I had like the world's craziest shot off the off the tee box, and he'd be like, "Man, that is a mania shot right there." And so he just started calling me <laughs> Fafmania. Um, so yeah, that, that's my, so Fafmania. P F A F F Mania on Instagram, and then uh, Adam Faf on Facebook. Happy happy to connect and. I'm always in the the Ironheart Facebook group as well. So, you know, people have questions, feel free to ask. I can't mm-hmm. say I've owned everything, but I've I've probably owned most of everything. So, and do you venture into good art? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have good art necklace. Got a ring on right now. So, yep, I definitely like the stuff. I ended up. Um, there was a, a forum member a few years ago that actually worked in the foundry with Josh. And, oh, sick! Um, really? He had, yeah, I think like an internship or something. Um, I think his handle was Go Bruins. Um, I'm, I haven't seen him post in a while, but um, so a few years ago, he had a belt loop buddy, and um, and I think like a Type Three for sale. And I ended up grabbing him and gave the belt loop buddy to to my brother. And um, I just was like, oh, I'll never use it. Like I'm gonna give it to him. He like really, my brother's like a very like artistic person. He's a photographer. You know, and so he's like, he wears that stuff like crazy. And so um, I gave it to him. Every time that I'd see him, he'd have it. I'd be like, man, I need one of these. So yeah, I've, I've rocked a belt loop buddy for I think four years now, and it's that was kind of the, the entry into it. So if you can hear this on the mic, that is my belt loop buddy <laughs> with my keys. Yeah. Um, as a motorcycle rider, that was always the biggest issue because I wear an IHJ three five. Um, which is, if anyone's new to the um, to the podcast, the IHJ35 is the kind of, the traditional design would have been a J100, uh, a Buco J100. Is that right, Ads? Yeah, so that is the traditional cafe racer, um, Mandarin collar, uh, front zip, two top zip pockets. Um, I think probably back in the day for you to fit your keys and a pack of cigarettes in and then, you know, <laughs> right, right away. 
and no no collar to to flap in the wind or right. to interfere with with a helmet if they even wore them back in the day. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Probably a bit of yeah. leather, but it was, um, you know, I would have, I would used to just stuff my keys in the pockets and you could just see key marks and stuff in the jackets. And then I saw this belt loop buddy and riding a motorbike, I just put it on my side belt loop. It goes in very easy. And, and every single time I leave the house, I just give my hips a little shake and I'm like, yep, never going to lose my keys. <laughs> I think it's probably the best invention ever. And then from there you go, you know, I've got the ramen ring now. I've got the, uh, same as you brother. What is this called? This necklace? Do you know? It's like the, the ball chain. So this is this chain. is a number three. So yeah. this is a smaller. This is a number number three. And then I have two pendants. I have like a feather and then like a a turning wheel. It's kind of like a propeller for a boat. Thought it was fitting being down here on the water. So I mean, good art is uh, it's it's he's uh I mean I spoke to this to, to Giles about this, but he's a you know I don't think it would be overcooking it by calling him a, a genius, Josh. Oh yeah. Yeah, and once again, people that you want to see succeed and people that you love doing business with. I think that's, you know, for for me, social media and forums, what they've done is they've been able to peel that curtain back for businesses like Josh and Giles and Alex and Paul and all them to be able to let the consumer see what their side of the life is, as opposed to, you know, back in the day having to shop through big corporations, uh, all you could see was the retail space. Um, so... Josh is definitely one of those when he posts on social media, you know, he's fun loving, he's goofy, um, you know, he's all those things that are endearing to people that mm. want to spend, want to spend money and support them. So, um, ads, what would you like to see in the future? What kind of products, if you could have more say, which seemingly you're going to, what would you like to see come out of the, uh, out of Japan, out of, out of Haraki's, uh, creations in the future? Yeah, so actually what I've been like quietly asking for for years is all coming into fruition in this spring line that I've been super excited for. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, the lighter weight shirting, for whatever reason, like um, I understand that, you know, the ethos behind our heart is, you know, it's heavy, it's it's hard wearing, it's, you know, stuff that's going to protect you on the bike if you take a spill. Uh, but for me, you know, the wearability of the lighter weight stuff has always been over overlooked, I think, wor mm -hmm. worldwide. Um, you, and so yeah. for me, like the lighter weight stuff is always so versatile just because in my climate, I can wear it year round, throw a type three over it and it's great for the fall, uh, you know, wear it with shorts or whatever and it's great for the summer. So for me, seeing like the, them in Haraki enhancing um, some of the Madras designs is always exciting. And then obviously the recreation of his childhood button down, uh, the boss check button down, I think is, is going to be exciting to see as well. So excited for those. What is going to be your next purchase, do you think? whatever comes out next either the madras or the boss check i think the madras is released before the um before the button down does but that's uh that's on my list trying to get probably maybe two more spring shirts um and then i'm a sucker for unbrushed flannel as well so yeah they're doing in uh the last time i was the jars he was trialing um some of the stuff from the full winter collection he was wearing an indigo ultra heavy flannel and it looks crazy nice uh, and even i've said to him dude you need to get this like out immediately he's like yeah we've ordered way more than we normally would do because we just know it's gonna pop you know yeah mm -hmm. but in florida it might be kind of difficult <laughs> for you to rock the, the uhf no, i was wearing one this morning you know um ruben used to give me a hard time because i would I, he would like i would like uh you know post photos on what he wearing today in the morning and then another one at night and he's like i don't i don't get it and i'm like well in the morning it'll be 36 degrees and then in, at five o'clock at night it's like 72 and that's just the normal temp swing we have. And so, you know, it's like either I can wear like 30 layers or I can just like, you know, so this morning even, you know, I had to go home home restoration project. You know, I was at Lowe's at like 645 this morning, you know, our home improvement store buying a new door. Um, so and I was, yeah, I was rocking a ultra heavy flannel. But for me, they're, they're almost like jackets. So it's, you know. You don't need much more other than them. Do you, do you feel like you ever want to just take a trip somewhere cold so you can wear like the alpaca, you know, the M1s and like... <laughs> yeah. So the um, the N1 is probably my favorite item that Ironheart makes that um, I did own one for a little bit of time. Um, but it was like, I bought it at like the end of a cold season. I owned it and literally the next winter, it never got cold enough to wear. Oh, so like so I literally... I literally sweating. never I think I wore it one morning 
and it was one of those things where I was like, okay, like this thing is just, I love it. I would like put it on and be like, man, this thing looks so cool and be like, well, okay, I'll just, I'll try to wait for that one day when the weather's cold enough and it, man, it just never happened. So I moved it on to, um, moved it on to, to a friend up in the Northeast. So oh, good for Dan, you, man. So yeah. shout out, shout out to Dan. Um, Daniel, uh, who's I think still rocking that jacket. So that's good to hear. That's good to hear. They, I had I was introduced to a term many many years ago by a friend of mine um, called cost per wear. Have I got that right? Have you heard of the same term? <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. I don't. I'm the worst. I'm the worst person for cost per wear. My <laughs> my, my, my brother Gregory. So um, shout out to Greg. Um, my little brother. He's on Instagram as Formula Faff, um, auto sports photographer. So fast spelled P F A F F. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So um, much more popular name over in Europe. Um, I think there's a Porsche dealership. You know that the Faff family owns. Sadly, not not related to me at all. Um, but um, sewing machines. That's probably the most famous over there. But um, yeah, my brother has like probably the best pair of faded UHRs, which is the ultra heavy raw denim in a, in a 1955 cut. And, um, you know, his, I'm like, you know, Greg, like you've had these things repaired by uh, rain over at Indigo proof, like four times, you know, and like every time it's like a hundred bucks. And he's like, yeah, but I wear them 300 days a year. So my cost to wear is like under a cent by now. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. You can't you know. beat logic like that, man. Uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, bro. Yeah, for sure. Likewise, and you know, thank you so much for you know you guys inviting me on. It's always it's always fun to be able to talk about the brand and uh, talk about all the great stuff that makes Ironheart so special. And thank you for having me. You've been listening to Ironcast, the official podcast of Ironheart International. A big thank you to Adam Faff. Ironcast is an island-to-island production. I've been your host, Ollie Walker. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we look forward to dropping episode 5 soon. Take care.